the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If you're stressed out to the point of high anxiety and depression, you're probably trying to manage God's business your way. Join us today as Pastor Rander starts a teaching series designed to help us see life through God's eyes. The series is titled, How to Have Victory Over Depression, and will draw on scriptures in the books of Exodus, 1 Kings, Jonah, and many more. Now let's listen in. I want to talk to you this morning by way of a sermon or to preach, how to have victory over depression. That's what I want to preach on, how to have victory over depression. I'm going to be coming from a number of scriptures. It's a critical message for the times in which we live, and I don't want you to miss out on what God is saying. So please, for God's sake, share your Bible with others who may not have one. Or scoot over and sit a little bit closer because we're all family. Amen? First passage is to turn to Exodus chapter 18, verses 14 through 24. Exodus 18, we have about four different passages. So you put your reading glasses on. <laughs> uh, Exodus chapter 18, verses 14 through 24. And it says, so when Moses' father-in-law saw that he did for the people, he said, what is this thing that you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit and all the people stand before you from morning until evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a difficulty, they come to me and I judge between one and another and I make known the statutes of God and his laws. Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that you are doing is not good. Verse 18, underline this really good. Underline it, put an asterisk Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself. You underline that, please. Don't let that go. That, that, that's tucked in there. Verse 19, listen now to my advice. I will give you counsel. And God will be with you. Stand before God for the people so that you may bring the difficulties to God and you shall teach them the statutes and the laws and show them the way in which they must walk the, and the work they must do. Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, Rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. And let them judge the people at all times. Then it will be that every great matter they shall bring to you, but every small matter they themselves shall judge. So it will be easier for you, for they will bear the burden with you. If you do this thing and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure. And all this people 
will also go to their place in peace. So Moses heeded the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Now turn to 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 4 and verses 9 through 10. 1 Kings 19, 1 through 4 and 9 through 10. And there you'll find these words. 1 Kings 19, 1 through 4, and it said, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had persecuted all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more. Also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Well, hmm. she's talking tough, isn't she? And when he saw that, when Elijah saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. Now, underline verse 4 and put an asterisk by it. Please, underline verse 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might what? Oh, he was depressed. Man, wanted, he was so out of, he wanted to die. And, and look, and said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in the, that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord of God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. Ah, Lord, I, I'm alone and left. And they seek to take my life. Then turn to Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Jonah 4, 1 through 11. And you'll see something there Then you take note of. And it says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, oh, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish. For I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Now underline verse 3 and put an asterisk by it. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me. What? Elijah saying, Lord, I want to die. Now here come, jo here come uh, Jonah saying, take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Was he depressed? Verse 4, then the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? And Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. There he made himself a shelter and sat under it in the shade till he might see what would become of the city. Now underline verse 6, put an asterisk by it also. And the Lord God prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be a shade for his head to deliver him from his what? Grief, misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. Verse 7, 
But as morning dawned the next day, God prepared a worm and it so damaged the plant that it withered. And it happened when the sun arose that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Then he wished, look, then he wished death for himself. Look at that. He's a bad check. Underline that. Then he wished what? Death for himself and said, it is better for me to what? Die than to what? Now you bad off when you get to that point. Verse 9, then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, it is right for me to be angry, even to death. <laughs> but oh, God talks back to him. But the Lord said, you have had pity on the plant for which you have not labored, nor made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. <laughs> and should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left and much livestock. Now turn to Psalm 69, last passage. Psalm 69, go back. Psalm 69, 16 through 20. Psalm 69, 16 through 20. And look what it says. And do not hide your face from your servant, for I am in trouble. Verse 17, hear me speedily, draw near to my soul and redeem it. Deliver me because of my enemies. Verse 19, you know my reproach, my shame, and my dishonor. My adversaries are all before you. Verse 20, reproach has broken my heart I am full of heaviness. Remember, he, David had a heavy, he has a heavy heart. I look for someone to take pity, but there was none. Is he depressed? And for comforters, but I found what? None. And that's something. Too many of God's saints can't deliver an effective witness to others because they're too stressed out and depressed. Listen in today as Pastor Rander continues the series, How to Have Victory Over Depression. He'll be teaching from several books of the Bible, so get your pens handy. Now let's hear God's Word. I want to talk about how to get victory over depression. Since the terrorist attack on America on September 11, 2001, many in our society, young and old, Christians and non-Christians alike, have been experiencing bouts of depression. Witnessing the loss of thousands of lives, the fact that our country is now engaged in a type of war we've never fought before, and a surge in company layoffs, have brought depression upon many who are even Christians. Many are depressed because they've lost jobs. Others are depressed over the condition of their family, such as having an irresponsible husband who will not live up to his responsibilities, or a wife depressing her husband because she won't stop nagging. Parents are depressed because of rebellious children. 
Many are depressed over their financial condition. They look at their checkbook and it's not balancing and they see they have, they owe more bills than they have funds coming in. And depression is a result. And there are students who are depressed because they failed the test that perhaps they didn't study for. They hung around to the last moment, tried to cram it and flunked. Instead of taking, instead of taking responsibility for their actions, they, uh, they blame everybody but themselves in depression. Or perhaps you've done all you could on the test and still messed up. You know, that's possible. Or perhaps you flunked a course that you really needed to pass for certification or graduation or whatever. Some of you are depressed because of the lack of progress in your life. You, you are 40, 50, 60, and you look back, you got more life behind you than ahead of you, and you don't have much to show for it. You look around at others who have done great things and look at they, they look so progress, so, so progressive, and, and you look at their lives and you see so much done. And when you look at your life, perhaps, you don't see what progress you made. As a matter of fact, it becomes depressing because you've seen so little progress. It seems like you've taken one step forward and two steps backwards. For some of you, not all of you. And now all you can see is blasted hopes, shattered dreams, and missed opportunities, which has led you into a state of depression because of not having made sufficient progress. Hopefully this message can serve as a source of encouragement to jumpstart your life and give you the spiritual boost you need to live a life that is filled with productivity and purpose. In these four passages, Moses, Elijah, David, and Jonah. Repeat these after me. Moses, Elijah, David, and Jonah. They all had something in common. They all experienced their moments of depression. They really did. Even though they were God's choice men, called by God, but they had their bouts with depression. Even though they were greatly used by God, they were not exempt from depression. We read those four passages as it relates to those four men. Let's now kind of look a little bit closer. You remember I read to you Exodus 18, 14 through 24. Remember that one? Just jot that scripture down again and put Moses beside it. Uh, Moses in Exodus 18, 14 through 24. You have his depression coming upon him because he was overwhelmed with the pressures of leadership. He became depressed, exasperated. At wit's ends, because of the pressures of leadership, there were three aspects of Moses' depression. Y are y'all hanging with me? He, he had a physical aspect, he had an emotional aspect, and he had a spiritual aspect. Three. For the physical aspect of Moses' depression, he did not know how to delegate. He didn't know how to delegate. He didn't know how to share. He took everything upon himself, which just wore him out. That led him to depression. Emotionally, he felt inferior to the task. Two million plus people called to lead. 
The burden of leading the people appeared too big for him. It was huge. And then the spiritual aspect of his depression is that he was overcome by his burden for people. He allowed his frustration to get the best of him and cause him to shift his focus away from God. Remember one time he became so frustrated at the people that he struck the rock when he was commanded to what? Speak to the rock. And as a result of not giving God his glory, he missed the promised land because of rebellious people that he had become so frustrated with. And let me tell you something. When you take your eyes off of the Lord and put them on your circumstances and put them on people, beloved, you're going to have an accountment with depression. If it happened to Elijah and Moses and David and Jonah, who are we? Are y'all hanging with me? Who are we? And then you have the account in 1 Kings 19, 1 through 9, and verses 9 through 10 of Elijah. Elijah. Elijah runs from Jezebel after just experiencing a tremendous victory on Mount Carmel, which brought on depression. You know, there was a contest on Mount Carmel and uh, Elijah and the Lord went up against 450 prophets of Baal. There was a supernatural intervention and God proved himself to be true, the one and only true God before the prophets. And after the fire licked up everything, including the water in the trenches, Elijah executed 450 prophets of Baal. And then there, there was a threat on his life because they were killing him. Jezebel rose up in a fury and she said, by this time tomorrow, Elijah, you're going to be as one of them. You know what he did? He tucked his tail and ran. How is it that one man can, run, can stand up against 450 prophets of Baal and then kill them all and then run from one woman. <laughs> well, there are three aspects to, y'all hanging with me? There are three aspects to Elijah's depression. He too had a physical aspect, an emotional aspect, and a spiritual aspect. Now y'all gotta hang with me if you hang with me and take it in, you're going to get blessed. Don't mess with your blessing and don't nod on it either. <laughs> physically, listen, physically about Elijah, he was depressed because he was exhausted. His adrenaline had been pumping so hard and for so long that he depleted all of his energy. And sometimes when you've given all you can, you have nothing left, nothing else left to give. That's when depression comes on. I mean, you just out. You just dry. Elijah had nothing else. I mean, he, he was so busy running and huffing and puffing from one woman. Emotionally, uh, he feared for his life. That's why he was running. He put it, he, he feared for his life emotionally. You know, fear can also move us into a state of depression. You get to looking at all the things that are going around in our society and you get to thinking about the, the anthrax and what's next and now they're talking about this and that. 
Listen, if you don't get out the news so much, you're going to stay depressed. The news is not going to lift your depression. I'm not saying it's wrong to look at news, but limit yourself. And once you don't just keep repeating that stuff over and over. You can't, some of y'all look at it five times a day, 12 o'clock news, six o'clock news, five o'clock news, news, and then CNN all in between. No wonder you nutty. That'll put fear in you. Get out of that. If y'all spend as much time in the world you do the news, you'd be better. Oh, y'all hanging with me this morning. I see. That's the physical aspect. I mean, the emotional aspect. And then you have the spiritual aspect. The the spiritual aspect of of his depression was this. Listen, his fear of Jezebel overshadowed his faith in God. And that's dangerous. His fear of Jezebel overshadowed his faith in God. Let me tell you something. When you put uh, your, your fear over a person, over your faith in God, you're going to get depressed. When you fear your boss to the point that, uh, that, that, that you reverence him more than God, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Do you know what the Bible says? Fear no man. The Bible says that. Listen, women, other women put their dresses on just like you. Men, other men put their pants on just like you. We inhale and exhale just like everybody else in here. Won't y'all say amen? amen. What you walk around in fear for? Now, if you're not saved, you have a right to be scared. Yeah, you get you scared because you 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 plan, you listen, you plan with fire. But if you're in the Lord, you have no need to fear. The Bible says, fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, I am your God. What you scared of? You scared of dying? For what? Don't die. Don't you know you ain't going to heaven until you die? I mean, y'all want to go to heaven. I hope you raise your hand up. On two ways you get there. Amen. You're going to either die in Christ or you're going to be raptured to be with Christ. That's it. That's it. And, and for those who say you're going to what? Heaven. And for those who don't know Christ, you're going to what? Now, you know what? I, I'm, we live in a day where we don't have too many fi- hellfire and brimstone preachers. We've got preachers who want to make everybody feel good. You know, give you what you do and cuddle you up and pet you. I'm not here to pet you and feel, make you feel good. You're in too much of a mess for me to be petting you. Won't y'all say amen? Mm-mm. That's why you keep coming back, because you're getting helped. <laughs> no. You're going to hell if you don't know Christ. I say that anywhere. I say, if they invite me to the Supreme Court White House, Give me a pole. Give me a platform. I tell anybody, if you're not in Christ, you're going to hell. And you better repent. And it's not being said in the pulpits. The wages of sin and death, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Our Lord, nothing changes. His fear of Jezebel overshadowed his faith in God. You had better fear God who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Then David. David, he was a depressed man at times. 
in Psalm 69, in Psalm 69, 16 through 20, in Psalm 69, 16 through 20, David, in a, in a state of depression, hid in the wilderness from murderous Saul. Saul was out to kill David. David runs into hiding, and he now is in what? Depression. Let's look at the physical, emotional, and spiritual aspect of David's depression. Physically, David was worn out from running and searching for food and shelter. He was in the wilderness. He had to search for food. There was no H-E-B. Amen. He had to get what he could. He had, he had to get what he could. Little honey here. Catch a little something there. Maybe a rabbit. Catch, go get a fish. Get, get, get some bark or some tree or some fruits or some nuts. You know, and you know, you can do quite well when it's time to survive. Amen. He was worn out from running and searching for, for food and shelter and running from Saul. Thank you for tuning into this program from the Maranatha Bible Church Broadcast Ministry. This broadcast is supported in part by your generous financial contributions, and we invite you to partner with us in spreading this important word throughout our local community and the world. If the Lord spoke to you in this message, let us know. Call us at 210-821-5683. Even better, come and visit us at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. If you'd like to order today's message, visit our website at www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio and video messages. You can also find service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much, much more. Tune in next week as Pastor Draper continues to teach us from the Word of God. Thank you for joining us today, and may the Lord's blessings be upon you. Hello, I'm Pastor Draper. Thank you for tuning in to the Maranatha broadcast heard each weekday at 5 p.m. on KSLR. As we approach the end of the year, it is my prayer that this radio ministry has been a tremendous source of blessing and encouragement to you. If you have been blessed by these messages and would like to support this radio ministry by making a year-end tax-deductible contribution, please make your checks payable to Maranatha Bible Church and mail it postmarked by December 31st to 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas 78109. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.